We're dark and will and we are off the rail, off the rails. And we are off the rails, off the rails. Yeah, off the rails. Ooh, welcome! You're listening to Off the Rails, a podcast with little preparation and two uninformed guys. I'm Doug, and with me as always, welcome, who William! Hey, Douglas, what's going on? Hi there, William, how are you? Hi, how are you? Hi, how are you? Oh, Doug, 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 it's, man, it has been uh, two weeks since, since Will Smith slapped Chris Rock across the face. Yes. A lot of things. I mean, the world has changed, Doug. The world has changed. Things just haven't, they don't feel like they're on the same. I don't know. It just seems like that really changed our world and my world. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, two weeks, two weeks. Do you feel that the slap has, has affected uh, your world in the last two weeks as well? I mean, do you think it's led? Yeah. Some of the turmoil that you've you've had. I mean, you've had a tumultuous oh, man. Last few weeks for sure. All I, I mean, I, I just have to look to see what the common effect is, like before the slap and after the slap. After the slap, a lot of things have happened that there were no signs of happening before the slap. So I just kind of feel like they have to in some way be related. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, they very well could be. I mean, it's the slap seen and heard around the world it was a big deal it it shook the core of all of us and it's it is world upside down i agree i agree with that <laughs> well uh, so we're, you know we're i'm here to uh uh re-energize i'm here to it's gonna be a good episode doug i'm looking forward to it i'm uh, sorry we missed last week it was a rough weekend last weekend couldn't make things work um and i'm excited and roaring to go today well good i i do just like unfortunately you've You've got not unfortunately, but a man of many podcasts that you are means yeah. subjects have to be brought up more than once. Unfortunately for you, mm-hmm. which are tough subjects and subjects you'd probably not want to talk about, but they have to be said. Sure. Um, so rest in peace, Laney, your dog, yeah. your lovely boxer. <sighs> Unexpected loss of your boxer. You had to put her down last weekend. Yeah, yeah, last Thursday. Again, happy and healthy two weeks ago. Uh, the slap happens, and then I mean, shit just escalated very quickly. Douglas with Laney, she started bleeding. We thought it was just like a, a tooth, perhaps maybe it's some tooth in her blood. Took her to the vet. The vet didn't seem to be too concerned about it. They, she had a urinary infection. She wanted to get treated, but the bleeding didn't stop. So Erica had to take her back the next day, and that's when shit just really hit the fan. Unfortunately, and so yeah, you I had to put her down last work. Thursday. No, no. I was not expecting any bad or poor news. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, unfortunately. So, uh, Erica called me up Thursday morning when I was already, uh, had been at work for about an hour and told me uh, that we had to put Lenny down. And, whew, rough. Rough news. I hate it. Hate it for anyone. Yeah, it's a, it's definitely terrible. It's, you know, pets are part of the family. And it's sad to lose a loved one. And it's definitely sad to lose a, our pet, especially when it's unexpected. It's one thing whenever you can see it coming and it's kind of like, hey, I think we're going to have to start really having this conversation. Are we going to 
you know, put our dog down? Are we going to keep going? You know, what are we going to do as a family? Um, I think at that point in time, when your dog reaches that age, when it's time to make those decisions, it's definitely easier on the family. It's easier on everybody when it's kind of a, we know it's happening. Not that it makes it easy at all, but especially when it's, it's not expected. I've been a part of two, two puts, put downs. I've, I've witnessed two animals be put down and I've had another one have to be put down over the phone. So it's definitely a terrible experience. Yeah. And, uh, and you're, you're exactly right, Douglas. Uh, uh, we had Bodega. Bodega was uh, 17 and things started falling apart, 17 years old. And so when things really got bad, you know, our goal was just to get her to her 18th birthday and kind of reassess from there. We got her to 18. We put her down a week after that. Uh, it was very much expected. Um, the last like nine months was tough for her. And we were kind of hoping she'd make the decision for us, but she would not do that. That's not the way she rolls. Uh, so we had to make the decision. Laney was just completely out of left field. I was hoping we had another two to three years to go with her. And so that was a completely, uh, a complete 180 from what we got with Bodega. Sure. Well, sorry for your loss. I know it's tough. Um, but we, we move on and we move forward and we remember the good times we had with Laney. Indeed. Well said, Douglas. Well said. Perfect. Perfect. And I do want to say that we keep your father in our thoughts as well as I know he's going through a rough, a rough patch as well. So same thing. Yeah, absolutely. Rough patch. <laughs> tough times, tough times. Well, let's, let's end that um, again in our thoughts. Do you have a uh, cocktail for this afternoon? We are podcasting in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. We're typically evening podcast. Um, but happy to do it at any point in time. I'm personally prepared with an afternoon cocktail for the I'm ready podcast. to go. Yeah, I'm, I got one. Good. Why don't you share with us what you have? Yeah, I actually got it last Sunday, thinking we were going to have a Sunday pod, then I couldn't make it happen. So it's just been sitting in the fridge for a week, Doug, ready to be drank, and it was tough. Good. It was tough to stay away from it. But I got, I went with another cut water. Uh, I've had the uh, the uh, the, margar- the margarita cut water. Now we're going with the cut water white Russian, Douglas. The amazing oh. thing about this cut water white Russian, fourteen percent alcohol by volume, Doug. That is pretty good. Um, two shots of cut water vodka with coffee cream liqueur. Uh, elevated twist on a classic abides by the old school recipe. Our award winning vodka with coffee cream liqueur has big notes of vanilla and chocolate. It is gluten free, made in uh, Will's vagina. And I will go ahead and pop the can. Boom. I do have a glass of ice to pour it over. Definitely looks like a white Russian coming out of the glass, which actually are coming out of the can. I wouldn't say that's, it's not a beautiful sight for sure. Uh, it's kind of gross looking, but 14. Ooh, doesn't smell, does not smell well. Does not smell well one bit. And. Oh, that's beautiful. That's wonderful. Douglas, that's a, that's a good drink. That is a good drink. Cutwater makes a fine craft cocktail. Um, they're good they're at what white they do. They're good at what they do, Doug. Where did they come from? Well, how long have they been around, Doug? Do you know some Cutwater facts? I don't have Cutwater facts prepared. I do know they've been around for quite a while. Um, I've been drinking the Cutwaters for a little while now. I love the White Russian. All Cutwater products are over 12%. They range between 12 and 14 and a half. 
Uh, they are strong beverages. You get your you get your bang for your buck with the Cutwater brand drinks. They've got probably five different craft cocktails that they make, and they are all potent and deliver the goods. Um, I do want to say that it sounded as if you said something about a Wells vagina. Um, uh, yeah, I did. Okay, good. Good. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Just wanted to make sure I did hear you say Wells vagina in reference to your drink. I'm not sure how that fit, but you did. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, it's uh, the white, the cut water is home, is its home base is in San Diego, which, as yes. you know, means Wells vagina. Ah, that's correct. Yes. Yeah. Ron Burgundy shared that's, that with us. That's yeah, that's a movie quote, Douglas. Sorry to sorry to get that over your head there. I was hoping maybe you would know your movie quotes, but you failed me on that part. <laughs> well, you left out the San Diego part. Well, I just thought we could do Will's vagina, and everybody would just know. But I, you know, it's it's an old reference, kind of like Chris Rock with Will Smith. There, I mean, he he would he went with GI Jane, nineteen ninety eight. I went with Anchorman from what two thousand six. Maybe it's maybe it's outdated. Maybe it's outdated. Had you thrown in the San Diego, otherwise known mm-hmm. as well Vagine, I should have. I would have known. Uh, I would have known what you were referring to. But it it didn't come out of your mouth real crisp and clear either. It sounded as if you you made a mistake. I thought you were trying to say Wells, Virginia, which I was like, I don't think Cutwater comes out of Virginia, but I could be wrong. And then I was like, but no, he said vagina. Yeah. So, so you think uh, you think I bombed? You think I bombed the delivery? <laughs> I don't listen. This was not in no way was this meant to be an attack on you. Um, I don't think you bombed the delivery, but it certainly wasn't. It wasn't a clear delivery. Mm. So you thought I said it's from Walls, Virginia? I mean, look, I messed up. I wish I could take it back. I wish I could have that moment back, um, but it's too late now. Um, I regret my mistake, and I apologize to the listeners and to you, Douglas, uh, my co-host for this pod, uh, Off the Rails. Um, I should have gone with San Diego, uh, also known as a whale's vagina. Uh, you know, I, I messed up, Doug. I messed up. We do this unscripted, as you know, and sometimes that leads to fiascos. Yes, yes, it does. Yes, it does. Uh, again, I don't feel it's a, as big of a it's not that big of a deal. It's okay. I think okay. you did a fine job. So your overall assessment on the cutthroat, uh, cut water, well, Doug. cut cut water, not cutthroat. It's cut water. Cut Good. water. Good lord. Cut My water. bad. My yeah, bad. Not, not cutthroat. That's, that's, that's. I don't know what that is. Cutthroat. Is not Coming with a recommendation, it. though. Oh, I would I would urge everybody to try this Cutwater brand out. I feel, and I think I've said this before, I think Cutwater was giving out samples at Rocklahoma last year. And I, th- I think I've probably had these, but I forgot oh. all about it. Um, but I believe this is my first time to try it. And yes, I would highly recommend both the Cutwater White Russian and the Cutwater Margarita. Who knew that you could make these drinks into a can and taste fabulous, but Cutwater seems to have perfected it. So good, good job to them. I'm a big supporter. Fantastic. I'm going with a Monaco-branded cocktail, Monaco Cocktail. Uh, if you follow me on Snapchat, you've seen my new series of Man. What's Doug Drinking? It's a yeah, daily. Daily. A daily series. Yes. I've converted into it, and I'm going to start putting these on the TikToks as well. 
Um, but I, I have a daily series on the Snapchats called What's Doug Drinking? Where I review a new crafted cocktail every single day. Monaco Cocktail is a brand that's got multiple um, drinks. And I've tried a lot of them. And they're all fantastic. And today I'm going with a Monaco Cranberry. It's simply a vodka cranberry beverage. As we call uh, it, man- manberry. Yep, vodka manberry. I'm drinking a Monaco cocktail vodka manberry, nine percent. Also advertised as two shots. So I wonder how Cutwater has got their two shots at fourteen percent, and Monaco's got their two shot adver- advertised drink at only nine percent. Is it because um, of the coffee cream liqueur as opposed to the cranberry? Well, I figure that all of the liquors that are inside of the can um, should be incorporated in that 14%. But they're still saying two shots. Yeah, basically what you're saying is my explanation did not make any sense. My thought, my guess, didn't make sense. Wasn't a real well thought out thought. I'm upset. You know, we're only 13 minutes into the show. I've made two significant gaps according to you already this may not be my day i'm hoping that again i'm not saying it's the will smith slaps fault i'm just saying a lot of things have i mean it's been it's been a struggle since then and we're we're seeing it encapsulated here on this particular show did i use encapsulated correctly there i i don't know i felt i I felt it felt it felt good to me i liked it it felt good coming out i'll tell you that right now it felt good coming out i hope it's right Okay, go ahead, Douglas. I'm sorry. Monaco Cranberry. Here we go. Is this a, is this a can? Was there a pop? I didn't hear. I didn't hear a pop. Was it I popped. I popped the top earlier while we were talking. Unfortunately, oh, I tried to put it by the phone, but I think our conversation overshadowed the popping of the top. This is a fantastic uh, vodka manberry. This is absolutely delightful. I was thinking it was going to be because I had a Monaco Black Raspberry last night. And the black raspberry was pretty, um, pretty strong aftertaste. This is subtle. It's delightful. It's not too much cranberry. It's not too strong <laughs> like I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. Uh, cranberry is absolutely perfect. It Good. is a great blend. And what I like about these Monaco's is they don't taste boozy, right? Like you on the cutthroats, you can taste the alcohol, right? Like you're you're aware. They yeah, put some in there. Yeah. And the Monaco's at 9%, which is a high ABV, still don't have a strong alcohol taste at all. Um, very delightful. These are a non drinker's drink, I think. Um, I, I like it. Monaco cocktail. There's not one that I've I had yet that I didn't like. Go out and get yourself a Monaco cocktail. Uh, can I ask a follow up question, real quick? Absolutely. When you say it's a non drinker's drink, what does that mean? Well, I think that there's drinkers. There's people out there that don't fancy themselves as a drinker. They don't like the taste of alcohol. Mm -hmm. They don't like that they, like when I have a mixed drink, when I go to the bar, I have a vodka soda with a splash of manberry. Mm -hmm. So you're tasting the vodka in my beverage. It's there. You know what's happening. This Mm -hmm. cocktail, if I was to pour this over ice, you wouldn't necessarily know that this was an, a beverage that contained alcohol. Mm-hmm. You don't taste the vodka. The cutthroats, the cutwaters, 
you pour that on ice, maybe not so much the white Russian, but even the white Russian, you, you know that there's booze in that, right? Mm-hmm. You can taste the alcohol in that white Russian. Mm-hmm. Am I right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And when, what was the cut throat cut water you had before that last two weeks ago? The margarita, the tequila. The tequila. You can definitely taste the tequila in that cut water margarita. Yeah. Definitely. So I think there's a lot of people out there that don't like the taste of alcohol, but they still drink. Hmm. So I would say that this is a non-drinker's cocktail. Okay. I'll accept that. That's fine. Fantastic. Fantastic. Shall we move on? Absolutely. What, what do you have today, Douglas? Well, I want to get the. I want to get this out of the way. Um, is this the Machine Gun Kelly segment? Of course it is. This is the MGK segment of the show now, uh, where I uh, defend defending MGK, defending MGK, my defense of MGK. Yeah, so interesting. Uh, both of the shows I'm on now uh, basically have a required MGK segment. That's where we're that's where we're at at this point. It's 100 percent where you're at. Just like I said last podcast, you were stuck in the middle of two people with complete opposite views of MGK mm-hmm. that are on fierce attack mode. Of mm-hmm. uh, one seems to be attacking the MGK while the other one is giving fierce defense of MGK while you were stuck in the middle going, I'm good. Mm-hmm. I don't understand why you so heated and why you got to be so defensive. <laughs> should, should we start a third pod uh, exclusively to, to discuss MGK? <laughs> I think that we could. I don't think it would get anywhere and it could possibly affect friendships. It could. I mean, Absolutely. But so it would be so this would be a three person pod with you basically being the moderator. I would yeah, say. I'd have to be the moderator. But maybe we could get to MGK. Maybe MGK if MGK is going to look at videos on TikToks about him, maybe he would listen to a pod that is solely focused on MGK. Do you think there's I a pod out there already? Is there a pod I, you- already out there? I was going to say the same thing. I wonder if there's a podcast out there that's solely based on MGK. We could be the first. We might have something. I'm down. I can totally do a podcast about MGK as much as he's in the news as of late. And, and as, yeah. as if, if we let, I think that if we let Mike uh, bring up the subject matters mm-hmm. of MGK, because he seems to like to do some digging on MGK, um, and then I just go on defense. Mm-hmm. It it could be a show. Well, speaking of, let me go ahead and get on my defense train here. Go ahead. Um, I listened to No Judgments Here today, uh, a podcast that you and Mike host together. Mm-hmm. Podcast about music, music, news, and all things music, music reviews, and music and lists of music and music. Mm-hmm. And I listened to that today while I was making breakfast. And naturally, uh, Mike had to bring up MGK. Yeah. Had some negative comments about MGK. And he started off with um, the cover song that MGK did on the Howard Stern song, uh, Howard Stern song of the Howard Stern <laughs> show. Um, it was System of a Down, uh, and the song was Ariel. Yeah. So let's first go ahead and cover some things in regards to this. 
MGK, uh, yes, the Howard Stern show is recorded live uh-huh. every day, Monday through Wednesday. He only has to do three days a week. Eighty million uh, a year, or something fifty, sixty million a year. Yeah, great schedule for him. Um, and the hours are seven a.m. to eleven a.m. Eastern Standard Time. There we go. So that puts MGK at what seven six five four five a.m. in the morning when he is in Los Angeles at the XM Sirius XM Studios, and Howard is in New York. Um, on the East Coast, recording from his basement of his house. Mm-hmm. MGK had not been asleep yet. He'd been up all day with his band all night long. It was still Tuesday for MGK, and it was Wednesday for the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, he did a full segment, interview segment. Hi there, who do we got uh, in the studio today? We got, we got Pearl in the studio, I apologize. Let's go ahead. He yeah, um, Howard Stern asked him to do a cover. He asks all musical guests that are coming on to do a song to do a cover because Howard Stern loves cover songs from, from established artists. Um, they decided day of when they were getting ready for the show that morning at four o'clock in the morning to do System of a Down Aerial, which they had never performed before ever. Hey, real quick, can, I, can we do a, a quick rewind? Why had he not gone to bed? Well, because he's a rock star and they stay up and do recording stuff. They they have night hours. Okay. I would think all musicians typically the stereotypical thing from a musician a musician is that night hours, concerts are at night, you know, they get done at eleven o'clock midnight and then they party afterwards hmm. or recording sessions are usually in the AM hours. And this so he, drunk? he was not intoxicated. Okay. Um, I'm pretty sure that he was smoking the marijuanas, sure, sure, sure. but he did not seem intoxicated and he did not seem fucked up. He did seem a little tired as he had a lot of vocal fry and was subdued um, in his interview. And there was, you know, talk of this is right after Taylor had passed away and he had just spent time with Taylor in um, Bogota, Colombia. They were both performing at the same festival. Okay. Um, and he had spent time with them the night that the show was canceled. They all went out and hung out that night. So, you know, it was a somber show, but nonetheless, I don't know why he was up, but he had not gone to sleep yet, which a lot of times this happens whenever you listen to Howard Stern shows, um, when he has artists on the East, on the West coast, they've still, they haven't gone to sleep. Uh It's just the way it rolls. Musician life. So they've never done System of a Down. They've never done the Ariel song before. They did one run through before they got in a van and went to the studio to do the cover song. He let Howard know we've never done this song. Um, the whole band talked about how, yeah, they've never played it until today. Um, and he let everybody know he's not a singer. I he made it clear he doesn't think he's got a great voice. He wasn't singing System of a Down Ariel <laughs> to do a carbon copy and sound like an amazing musician. As he put it, he was there to just jam uh-huh. and have fun. Yeah, I thought he seemed annoyed that he was being asked to do a cover song. I thought he, he seemed annoyed by that request. Oh, I don't think, I didn't really get that sense. He didn't, 
in the full interview, he doesn't seem annoyed by it. They like doing covers. They, he says they jam and play around all the time mm-hmm. as a band when they're at the house or rehearsing or playing around, and they enjoy doing covers. So I, I don't think he was annoyed. I, again, I think it was the fact that, you know, dude was probably going for the last 18 hours, and it was 5 o'clock in the morning. Okay. So, yeah, he sang the song. Did it sound good? Absolutely not. It sounded like trash. It wasn't a good performance. Um, he was pitchy. He was the first to say that he was pitchy and didn't sound good. Um, there was moments when the band didn't sound great. Howard acted like it was the best thing he'd ever heard. He loved it, said they need to start playing that on all of their tour stops. And he thought it sounded fantastic. MGK made it very clear that he didn't think it sounded fantastic. And that's fine because he's more about the music and just having fun and jamming and knows that he's not. He's not Surge. He knows he's not a vocal, you know, he's got pipes that everybody wants to hear because he sounds good. Does that make sense of what I'm saying? Sure. So, so Mike attacked how, how shitty he sounded. And he the word trash. Trash. I mean, trash. his, his, the way he, he reviews MGK, the way he mm. talks about MGK Mm-hmm. He's got just piss and vinegar in his fucking vocal. He's just mm-hmm. angry. He's disgusted. Yeah. He thinks it's the worst music that's coming out of speakers and it shouldn't exist. Mm-hmm. It's just vitriol the way he des- describes MGK and anything that he does. I agree. Um, and and I just, it just, he did it again. I know it's his goal. Is to get under my skin, and that motherfucker's done it once again. I'm just fuming as I'm listening to it. <laughs> because he's like, what do you mean it's in the morning? It's not the morning. Why would he be recording in the morning? Like, that's not an excuse that he was up all night or whatever. It's absolutely an excuse. Uh-huh. And it's absolutely what actually happened. But again, he makes it sound like MGK is going into this to be mariah carey voice when he will admit that it's not his style that he doesn't have the voice of a rock god (sighs) you okay you good you need more i was just looking at my notes to see if there's anything else i wanted to say about it what about Uh, uh, his have you listened to the new mgk album Absolutely. I've listened to it several times. And I think we reviewed it on last week's podcast two weeks ago. I covered that. I listened to it. I liked it. I think there are several good times. Emo Girl is a great song with Willow. And I think Willow kills it on that song. Um, I think 5150 is a great song. Neither one of you touched on A. I think, and and Shilky mentioned a rap verse on one of uh, the songs, how he liked that part of it, that he sounded good on his rapping. on whatever track it was, A with Lil Wayne is a fantastic track, um, which involves MGK rapping. Um, yes, I've listened to it. As I said, pop punk isn't my genre at all, mm-hmm. but it's catchy. It sounds good. The musicianship, the music, even without any lyrics, is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Like you said in your podcast, No Judgments Here, when you guys reviewed this, the the album. That Travis Barker's got a huge influence on MGK and on the music and the production. And as he should, as the producer of the album. Mm-hmm. And that's, I agree with you. 
great production, great music, uh, great instrumentals on the mainstream uh, sellout album. Um, yeah, I think it's a great album. And I've listened to it several times, and it sounds great in your car when you just really turn it up and are blasting it. Yeah. And I liked your review of it. I agree with everything that you said. But speaking of the review and Mike's review of it, how harsh and critical that he was, it's not a fair review because he's going, I don't personally think that it's like if he was, who's the other band that he doesn't like um, that just put out a song for the Ukraine that just came back? Yeah. Pink Floyd, right? He hates Pink Floyd. So if Pink Floyd put out an album or you guys to review a Pink Floyd album, he's going to go into it with the mindset of, I hate Pink Floyd. This is not going to be a sure. good album. Yeah, absolutely. So he goes into an MGK album. The only reason he's even reviewing it is because of your show. If you didn't have no judgments here, he would not have listened to mainstream selling. Mm-hmm. But you guys have agreed to listen to it and review it for your podcast, No Judgment Here. And and so he did, and it was not a fair review. It was harsh. It was under. Just it. There's not a single. If you listen to your podcast, and when he reviews music, he doesn't review any albums like he did this one. <laughs> the way that he responded and criticized the tracks is not how he responded to any other albums that you guys reviewed on that show. It's not how he reviews any of the other albums you guys have ever listened to. He's never been so critical and downright disgustingly ugly (laughs) and fucking hatred towards an artist like he is when he talks about MGK. So it's let, let, let let me stop you. There have been albums where Mike listens with one of his daughters. His daughter will write notes of how Mike is responding and what he says. So this was not the first time he did it this way. Uh, okay. I'm trying to think of. I'm trying to think of what the other. There was another album where it was kind of the same shit. Um, it may have been. It almost came into my head what it was, um, and I just forgot. Uh, but there was another album he really hated. His daughter recorded the notes of every single song. It was shitty, um, and so he went with that same strategy. So it has happened before. And he did let us know ahead of time that he was going to do it this way. Just to let you, I, I just want to clear my other co-host name that he has done this before. He has hated an album and gave us a review of every single song. Perfect, perfect. Well, and it wasn't a review of every song because he left off half the tracks when he was reviewing um, with his verbatim review of what he said that was written down, whatever. Um, but let me go. Let me kind of go back to my notes so I can get back on track here. One of the things that he mentioned during his review was. Uh, the lyrics of MGK and his depression and the the crybaby bullshit that his lyrical content is. And he thinks it's bullshit that he's talking about that stuff. And how could he be depressed when he's rich and famous and has, and both of you said he's dating Megan Fox and engaged to Megan Fox. He's got no excuse to be depressed or sad, mm-hmm. which I say, fuck you and fuck that to that response because that's absolute bullshit. What about Chester Bennington? Right. What There's lots Chris of examples. Cornell? Chris Cornell. Yeah, what about what about uh, the best comedian in the world that hung himself in his in his closet? Uh, which I I'm so upset I can't think of his name right now. I don't know who that is. You talking about Robin Williams? Robin Williams. Yes. You're right. Depression knows no money, uh, no hot girlfriends, uh, no stature, no fame. Depression does not care about any of that shit. Exactly. So that was a shitty thing to be brought up, in my opinion. Um, 
and you don't know what he's going through. He's been an artist for over a decade and hasn't gotten respect. He's finally put back back-to-back number one albums in his genre. And he wasn't just back-to-back number one in the United States billboard. He's back-to-back in Australia. He's back-to-back in Germany. Like, he's going number one in not just Billboard America, but all these other countries as well. He's finally getting recognition that he's never gotten. And I've I've mentioned this on many of my retorts to what Mike has to say about MGK. Mm -hmm. He's finally getting some respect and some credibility and he's finally getting the arenas that, in his mind, he should have always been doing, right? Every artist thinks they're better than maybe the public might see them as. But he's finally getting some recognition after a long career, over a decade in the industry. He's finally making the money that he should have been making a long time ago that he was getting robbed of. He just now has a big badass house with a swimming pool and people are making fun of him, calling him a sellout. He shouldn't have a swimming pool. It's like, what? I'm finally coming into money. I get myself a house with a pool and you guys are busting my balls about it. Like I shouldn't, I don't deserve it and I shouldn't be there. So he's getting criticism like Mike delivers tenfold, right? It's just raining down on top of him from every angle from people that think he shouldn't have gone into uh, pop punk, he should still be in rap or vice versa. There's a lot that he's got on his plate from, from the outside, which makes sense to me with his lyrics and the way that he responds to things. So I don't think it's fair to say to make fun or, or to question his lyrical content because of he's rich and famous. I, I didn't like that. Okay. I respect that. Uh, I, I think you're right that uh, it's it, <clears throat> it was short-sighted of us to say that just because you're rich, just because you're famous, just because you're successful, and just because you have an absolute dream girl as your significant other means that you don't have some mental issues um, that are hard to get past. So you are correct in that. We, we should not downplay uh, mental issues at all. Zero. There you go. That's all I got to say on MGK. That's my 30-minute retort to what Mike had to say. Once again, first half of the podcast, completely taken up with MGK <laughs> and my response to what Mike has to say on No Judgments here. I totally think we need to have a separate third podcast just on this. I agree with you completely. Never did I – I didn't have a single MGK topic <laughs> on my plate until I listened to your podcast at 10 o'clock this morning. Mm. And started taking notes in the kitchen while making breakfast. This motherfucker, son of a bitch. What did he say? <laughs> so. Hey, uh, real quick, I just want to let you know, I, an article has come across my desk, Douglas, in the last five minutes. Um, an article has come across my desk. Uh, breaking news. Jada Pinkett Smith never wanted to marry Will, cried at the horrible wedding. Uh, she confessed that she really didn't want to get married to Will Smith. In fact, uh, she admitted to crying down the freaking aisle before tying the knot with the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air star on New Year's Eve in 1997. I just want to say, this is why Will Smith went up and smacked Chris Rock. Because he has a wife that absolutely has stolen his soul. And he doesn't know what to do anymore. Uh, it just The Will Smith-Chris Rock thing is not going to end people. It's going to impact our lives for years to come. I thought our after uh, school school, Douglas, 
uh, once the slap had been known, I thought I, I, I listened to it at least three times. I thought we did a beautiful job of recapping it. And it's possible we may need to add a fourth pod talking about the impact that the Will Smith <laughs> Chris Rock slap is going to have for generations to come. Yeah, I agree with you. I did read that article yesterday. Um, I, I, I saw what you uh, mentioned. I actually watched a little Red Table Talk segment. Um, TMZ put that out. The TMZ, the number one source for all things news, um, put that out yesterday about her saying that she didn't want to get married to him. And Will Smith knew that she didn't want to get married to him um, and, and admitted, they both admitted that the only reason they really got married is because of uh, Jada Pickett Smith's mother um, really thought it was necessary and kind of put the pressure on them, forcing them to get married. Um, yeah. and, and that's why they did it. And so they had the, her, her talk show on YouTube, Red Table Talk, where Will Smith was on the show along with Grandma, and they talked about that subject on the Red Table Talk. Um, there's all, and I, I couldn't agree with you more, that she has absolutely just taken his manhood and just crushed it. She is, she is nasty to him. She says things and does things that would just crush a man's spirits. And the fact that they are still married, I don't know if it's a good thing, if it's a bad thing, if it's the right thing, if it's I just so confused. I'm baffled that they're still together. I don't know if I'm uh, amazed in a good way or in a bad. I'm confused. I don't know what to think about it. Should he still be there? Should she be gone? Should she still? You know what I mean? Like. It's so confusing. I saw something where she was promoting Red Table Talk and they were at home and they were like in the kitchen or whatever. And they're both standing there and she's live streaming from her cellular device and she's going to do a little promo for the upcoming episode of Red Table Talk. And this is old shit. This is from years ago. Mm -hmm. Right. So just how the Internet works, everybody starts digging and pulling up old shit. And so it's coming back out. She puts the phone on Will, and she's like, Will, on the next episode of Red Table Talk, Dr. So-and-so is going to be on the show. Wouldn't you agree that she really helped us in our marriage and in dealing with our issues? And the look on Will Smith's face is just like, why are you doing this to me? (laughs) And he straight up tells her, first of all, don't just pull out your phone and start recording me without asking me. That was his response. And she says something like, I don't remember what she said, but eventually at some point she puts the camera back on her and says to the doctor, like, you, it's going to be a good show. Can't wait to hear what the doctor has to say. As you can see, she clearly did a good job on our relationship. <laughs> and then so, she puts the camera back on him and starts asking him more questions. And he's like, social media is my brand it's my money maker and for you to just get on social media and put me on blast without asking my permission and start talking about this shit is not good like don't do it and then she puts the camera back on herself and says some smart ass comment so this has been going on for years the fact that they have good table talk as you brought up um their relationship. And I didn't really realize that Will Smith was going through much shit until you brought it up in our after uh, mm-hmm. response. You had said that he's been, he's been going through a lot of his relationship, whatever his personal life's been fucked up is basically mm-hmm. what you said. right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And That's I didn't great. really realize that until it all started coming out. 
Red Table Talk. They're having the thing talking about August Alsina. And she's mm-hmm. like, yeah, I had an entanglement. And he's like, an entanglement? Like, is that what you're calling it when you fucked another dude? An entanglement? And she goes, yeah, an entanglement. Uh, slept with him. And he was like, wanted to put her on blast. He's like, yeah, don't just beat around the bush, Jada. Why don't you come on out and say what really happened? What did you do? What is an entanglement, Miss Choosing My Words Wisely? Like, you could tell it was, a, it still affected him. And he had that same look on his face of kind of a smile, not smile, a smirk, and not smirk, um, a blank, half ass grin that he had on his face when he was walking away from Will, uh, from Chris Rock after he slapped him. He had that same look as he's sitting at the table across from Jada as she's talking about fucking August Alsina when they were air quotes separated. Mm-hmm. And it's not that Will Smith gave her permission. It's that they were separated. So Will Smith didn't have a choice in the matter. And yeah, so I'm agreeing with you, Will Smith. Yeah, I, yeah. I see he snapped. Wow. And these past two weeks, you've done your research. I'm impressed. That was great. That was great. Oh, there's you were more, more. You were more heated about that than MGK, I think. You were more. You were. I we that was good job. So that clip, uh, by the way, of this article is from 2018, also. And I, I, the only question we have, we're in a weird world, weird world with social media. It seems that some people, there's no topic that, that they won't discuss and just put out to the world. And Jada appears to be one of those people she everything's for public consumption and that has uh, i mean so many so many of these topics should be you know left at home in the house and, and jade is like nah we're, we're bringing out the open and i can't imagine how frustrating that is okay agreed completely agreed but will smith is not uh innocent in this matter sure. of sure. having personal stuff brought up only by Jada. So I guess he put out a book a while back and inside that book he dropped all kinds of personal shit that should have never came out of his mouth. Uh, I guess he gets sick when uh, he has a lovemaking session with his wife. Um, He can't uh, have sex with Jada without feeling nauseated and sick. Um, if you want to throw up, I believe something along those lines. Like he dropped some s- seriously crazy stuff in a book that you would never want to tell the world. It's just demasculating, whatever the word is, demasculating. <laughs> and it is, it's like Will. Why would you be so self-deprecating in a book and tell anybody that when you fuck, it makes you sick? Well, he's got to sell copies. But it's it's probably only with her. It, he probably doesn't have that issue with other women. I think that you're correct. <laughs> and so I agree with you. Like, there's some shit that just stays between you and your spouse. Mm-hmm. And I don't give a fuck. Will Smith has had an interesting life. I'm sure he's got enough stuff that he could have wrote to write a book that he doesn't have to bring up the fact that his relationship is trash. You know what I mean? Like, I just, unless I haven't read the book, I don't know what the selling features of the book are. I don't know what the quotes on the back of the book are. I don't know what's <laughs> on the inside of the cover. I don't know how it was advertised, it was pushed. 
but it just seems like, why would you do that? Why would you be such a public figure and want to tell people all of the dirty, weird fucking shit that goes on in your life that is just, that most people on the outside looking in would be like, what? Why did you tell me that? I I would never tell you that about me. Yeah, it's silly. It's absolutely silly. Well, now I want to get that book. I feel like we need to go further. What was this I know. Released? It's just called Will. Is it? This is book, it's it's yeah. been out for quite a while. Has it? Okay. Yeah, I never, never well, heard about it. While you're doing your little your research, looking at that right now, the last thing I wanted to say about Will and the slap, um, I did have the only note I had on Will Smith for this week was after he apologized, that long, drawn-out, stupid apology, uh-huh. where you're basically making excuses for why you do what you do. You know, you're sorry. I'm sorry that I did it, but I'm a work in progress. Uh-huh. And you make whatever excuses. I think those apologies are fake as fuck. And I think that I just, it's not an apology in my mind. Why wouldn't, and I think the more appropriate apology, and if it was me apologizing, is you just keep it simple, stupid, that it's just, you know what? I fucked up. I made a poor decision. I should have never have done that. I was completely 100% in the wrong. I deserve whatever comes my way. And Chris, I wholeheartedly apologize to you. I couldn't be more sorry for what I've done. And to anybody else out there, I'm sorry. I fucked up. My bad. I own it. I'm sorry. That's all it needs to be. A simple I'm sorry. Like, it doesn't need to be all these excuses as to why you possibly did it. I'm a work in progress, all that shit. I just feel like it would be more sincere if it was just, fuck, I'm sorry. But, you know, uh, you nailed it in our after uh, review. Uh, You you said what Will was going to do and how he was going to do it, and I think you hit it on 100%. Uh, so good job to you. Uh, he should have done it that way. I agree. Now, I have to tell you, this white Russian, I feel like I'm starting to slur a little bit. I'm a little drunk. Uh, but I think you hit it on the head with our review, Douglas, even though you were like, oh, what I thought, he didn't do anything wrong, which is your initial thought process behind it. But you uh, definitely said he was going to apologize later on. He was going to tell people why he didn't, and he was going to apologize to Chris. He did all of that. But he still got... Uh, rejected from the Oscars for the next decade. Yeah, and what does that even mean? Who gets to what? He can't vote? Like he's well, so he's not up for an award and he can't so, vote? So he can be, he can still be up for awards. He cannot show up. <laughs> well, so that that's what a lot of people were saying, but Will Smith and Jada were sitting in the front dead center front row of this award show. So to to think that in a celebrity does not want to be in that position and to think that our us common people would not love to be at an award show dead center front row uh would be mistaken i have no doubt that will smith and jada pinkett smith loved that attention and loved that they got to be there and for to be not welcome for the next decade to me that's a pretty big penalty in my mind sure i guess i can see that i can see that um so to summarize anyway the last thing i wanted to say I think it would be I think it would be kind of cool, clever, neat, and maybe out of left field, even though I expect it. If the slap was in fact fake, and maybe not fake, like he actually connected, but it was all staged, it was planned out. 
there was discussion of doing this and it turns into a mockumentary that Chris and Will are both in. So there's reason to believe that a camera crew could be following. Ah, oh, damn it. I keep hitting my phone. Are you still there? I hope you're still there. Oh, shit. I'm still here. Down here. Oh, that a, that son of a that a camera crew could be following a documentary or a mockumentary crew could be following Will, and that a crew a separate crew could be following Chris because Chris has got a you know a tour planned had a tour planned he's on the tour he's also going to be starting to do shows with uh, Kevin Hart so there's reason that a documentary crew could be following Chris behind the scenes as he goes into a new chapter of his life and a new stand-up thing and whatever, and what whatever. Do you mean, what do you mean he's doing shows with uh, Kevin Hart? Like, they're doing some comedy shows, to, like, or TV? There are plans for them to do stand-up together. Stand-up tour together? Yes. Wow, that would be awesome. Where's this? Yeah, like in, a, like in an arena, you have Chris Rock and Kevin Hart. A double, a co-headlining comedy show. I've never heard of such a thing. Man, I'm all for that. And then Will Smith, um, you know, up for an Academy Award, just Will Smith. You know, there's always a reason to follow Will Smith. He's Will Smith. So I could see where there would be camera crews before the Academy Awards, where we're just following the lives of these guys. And then it turns into the after the awards and how their lives have been affected after the awards and what they're doing, how they're moving forward. And I could see it being a mockumentary where it comes out that it was like in the mockumentary. They talk about how it was planned and it was a joke and they did it for these reasons or whatever. That'd be great. Uh, And they come together a a year from now and release the mockumentary of the slap scene around the world. Kind of like when, um, who was that actor who acted stupid for like a year straight? Yes, it was a... it was uh, Batman. It was uh, Casey. Was it Casey Affleck or somebody else? No, it wasn't Affleck. It was Phoenix. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix. Okay, Joaquin Phoenix. Okay. Yeah, he, he grew out that beard. He yeah. became just a disheveled look of a human. Went on, on David Letterman mm-hmm. and was incoherent and just staring blankly. And he stayed in that persona for like, what, over a year? Yeah. And then dropped a documentary where we find out that it was fake. Yep. Same yeah, thing. Yeah. I would love for that to happen. I told you they're going to co-host the Grand, uh, the Oscars next year, but obviously that's not going to happen now. But that no, was, that's not yeah, that was one of my thoughts. That'd be great. Because that, really that would really help their Oscars so white thing as well, get two black comedians to, to host the uh, Oscars. But yeah, he's banned, so that's not happening anymore. Yeah, well, even the even the Oscars could get in on it and and say, right? He's banned. He's banned. He's banned. And the next year, boom, they show up together. Oh, in Germany. Wouldn't that be awesome? That, let's make that happen. Okay, I'm on it. I'm on it. Also, I did want to backtrack real quick and say thank God for Buck Cherry, um, <laughs> because without Buck Cherry, MGK would be way worse off in the eyes of Mike Schilke. Um, and then I also wanted to say that I was in fact at Ron White. Let's move on. You were there. I was there. Yeah. yeah. I, I recall the show. I was really intoxicated, so I don't know what we did beforehand. 
but I could remember who all was with us. I feel like there was probably was Walzik with us. I feel like there may have been like eight of us there. Yeah, I think quite... we had I think we had two rows of seats. I honestly don't remember other than me, you, Mike, Shane, Doug, okay. uh, Kendra. I think I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I don't remember who else. It was my was first time at Pershing. First time at Pershing? Is that what you said? Yeah. Huh. Well, there you go. Good. Whew. Doug, I'm drunk. Whew. I'm telling you, man, those cutthroats are powerful. You they're think- not cutthroats. They're cutwaters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cutwaters. Those things are powerful. They get- they, you drink two or three of those and you're like, whoa, Sally. I'm at half of one. <laughs> they're, um, like, they're like the Long Island iced teas at the Tamo Shanter. Oh, no more than two. You better get cut you off with two of them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and it's only it's only two o'clock coming up on two. two. You have trouble. You'll be knocked out, passed out, taking a day long nap. Yeah, that's not. That's, that wouldn't be good with the wife. No. Right now, no. Um, let's talk about an, an article that I found on the internet about, uh, did you see the slant, the, um, rapper that was shot in Maryland and his name is Gunu G N E W died last month after he was found shot in a district Heights parking lot in Maryland. This does not sound familiar. So on, uh, Sunday, last Sunday, I believe April 4th. So on April 3rd, um, the rapper's friends and family gathered at Bliss uh, Club in Washington, D.C., a nightclub, to honor Goonies, Goonoo's memory uh, at $40 a pop. They paid $40 to get in. Hmm. And Goonoo was propped up on the stage uh-huh. um, in uh, sunglasses and a hat. And he was just propped up, kind of looked like a weekend at Bernie's reboot, according to this Yahoo News article that I'm reading. I, I saw the picture. Okay, so you know what I'm talking about, yeah. I do, yeah. So they, he's at a nightclub, and he's propped up on the middle of the stage with a hoodie on. He's got a crown on. He's got one hand inside of his hoodie pocket, and he's just standing up on stage, kind of looking down at the stage while everybody's partying in the nightclub uh, celebrating his life. <laughs> that's that's insanity. That's ridiculous. That's creepy as fuck. Is really what it is. It's creepy as fuck. But the <laughs> crazy thing is, this happens way more than we would ever imagine. This is not rare. This is. I mean, maybe it's rare in the in the number of funerals that is, are held on a weekly basis. How many of them have a, a traditional funeral? as opposed to a proper body up on stage funeral, it's sure, maybe it's rare. But I've also found an article after I saw that, because I remember talking about when I had my radio show on the radio, I talked about a funeral where they had a guy propped up on a motorcycle. So he had a crotch rocket, and the crotch rocket was inside of the house, and the guy was embalmed and sit on the motorcycle for the viewing. Mm-hmm. So I Googled strange funerals and I found an article, 13 strangest funerals where the corpse attended their own ceremony. (laughs) And so there's 13 pictures of these scenarios that are just absolutely creepy. 
There's one where the guy was just posted up at the din- dinner table, um, just rocking normal clothes, just kind of sitting there looking up at everybody, which is just creepy. There's a picture of a woman. She's got a cigarette in one hand, a lighter in the other hand. No, a cigarette in one hand, a wine chalice of bush light in the other hand um, with some sunglasses sitting at the dinner table with a Jack Daniels bottle behind her um, posted up from 2014. There's one over here of an old fella that uh, lived a long, glorious life. Um, this is in New Orleans in 2012. He was a jazz musician, and he's just just propped up dapper as all could be with his derby hat and his suit. And he just posted up standing there. Um, a woman wearing leather or uh, feather boas in a gown and a, a cigarette in one hand and champagne. And the, I mean, it's just, there's this picture after there's one in here with a dude. Oh, this is insanity. He's in a casket. They've taken the lid off of it to make it look like a drop-top Corvette, a car, a convertible. There's a steering wheel that they've made put on top of the casket. They put fake wheels underneath the casket to look like it's a car. They put a Cadillac grill on the front of the casket, so he looks like he's driving. Um, there's one I just posted up in a corner. There's the one I posted of a guy on a motorcycle. I don't want to be graphic, but these bodies are stiff. Like, do people understand that when you bomb the body, like, it's not, I, if I'm correct, it's not a loose, this rigor mortis sets in. The bodies are stiff. Hmm. How are you maneuvering somebody that is in a crouching position on a motorcycle to get him on and off of the motorcycle? How is he buried? Do they put him back in the casket after that? Does he get put in the ground? There's one in here from... From where? This is from a different country. I don't know what the writing is on the door. Is an ambulance employee, a driver of an ambulance. The paramedic Edgardo Velasquez was embalmed in his uniform, sitting in the driver's seat of his ambulance. <laughs> hmm. What is that? I don't like it, Doug. I don't like it one bit. Creeps me out. That's that's horrible. And for them to to charge forty dollars, forty dollars—that's ridiculous. Yeah, forty dollars to go to. Well, it, you're going to the club, though. <laughs> you you are going to the club. How many times have you been to a club that charges a forty dollar entrance fee to see a dead body, though? <laughs> never. <laughs> I've never. I bitched about a twenty dollar cover to see a band. You know. Well, uh, as we know, Shane used to bitch about like a two dollar cover to get into the drink. Like that's ridiculous. Yeah. Well, you have to assume that part of that money is probably going towards the family or to the cost of the funeral. Maybe there's a there's a is that, there's a is reason that not for the it. funeral. Oh yeah, that would be the funeral though, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, it would be, would it? Right. They had to rent, and all it's going to is renting out the venue. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> it costs a lot of money to rent out a venue, so. They're basically charging folks to help them rent out the venue. And people actually showed up to that. That's amazing to me. So this doesn't want to this doesn't give you ideas at your funeral of how you want to get uh how you want to be laid to uh laid to rest. It it doesn't I don't want a funeral that says let's be creative. No, I don't want a funeral. I, I want no 
I don't want anything. Once I'm gone, I'm gone. If you want to do like a celebration of life where people just kind of get together at a home, maybe grill out, maybe have some drinks. Depends how old I am, really, because uh, when I'm 70, I don't need people doing that either. Um, yeah. If I, have to, if I happen to pass away unexpectedly, like in the next three years, then I think you should just get together, maybe watch a concert on on TV, maybe watch some sporting events, just have a celebration, and perhaps every now and then awkwardly bring me up in conversation, uh, and I think I think we'll be good. But only awkwardly? Well, it's going to be awkward because I'm dead. And and people don't really want to talk about it because it'll just make people upset. So it would it would be awkward. Like uh, Will would have lost like twenty dollars on this bet if we if we did a bet on here. So something stupid like that. Or Will would have been like if you're watching a concert, Will would have been in the back of the the room of this concert, uh, complaining about the people talking through the concert and he couldn't hear the music. And then he would have said, why would you pay $25 just to come to a concert and talk through the entire thing when you could just go to a, like a regular bar and just talk there without the music blaring over your conversation? Like you could have conversations like that. Yeah. Yeah. And just so you know, I don't think that's awkward. I don't think when it's brought up. Well, it's, 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 only, it's only awkward because I'm dead at that point. So oh. it's just like people are, people don't really like the the conversation around a, a, a loss, you know? Um, so that, that's the only reason why it gets awkward uh, because you don't really know how to bring up the conversation. You don't know how to bring up the deceased in conversation. So you try to do it your best way. Sure. And in those scenarios, it's proper. It's fun. It's brought up in, in a good, pleasant memory of mm-hmm. the good, goodwill. Yeah. I agree with you completely. I'm, I'm personally um, requesting a, uh, a uh, cremation, and like you said, it, it depends on when you go. Um, but also, uh, yeah, just a celebration of life, just a gathering of people if you want. Um, with And I would have my ashes, I would request that my ashes be available in an open container so you can feel free to dip in and grab some for the road. Wow, dip in and just grab some for the road, huh? Yeah, it's grab your own ashes kind of thing. Grab your own ashes. Yeah. A BYOC, bring well, your it's own not really, it's, it's not Okay, BYOC, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. BYOC, yeah. so just grab grab a few ashes and then walk out at that point. Yeah, it's well, a I mean, grab. Don't walk a out, but you're going to hold you're gonna hold on to the ashes throughout the entire hangout. Do you do it at the beginning of the hangout or do you wait until the end? How would you go well, about that? I think that's left up to the uh, to the individual. I don't think there's any rhyme or reason. Um, I think you know, obviously, at some point in time, you want to get them before you go. It's a BYOC grab and go situation. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like a buffet, though. If you wait too long, the food you wanted may not be there. Correct. You also, you, might... you also don't want to wait in line. Correct. I think it's just a, a personal comfort level. You want to wait till an opportunity when you see an opportunity to go up there and do it. Where maybe you can be alone with your thoughts and your grabbing of the, uh, maybe you are going to get more than other people and you don't want to feel greedy around other people. You don't want people to judge you for the amount that you took. Well, so you want to go up there. That. I mean, like a buffet. I mean, are there rules to how much, how many scoops can you take? Well, I think it's just the, I think you should have the normal, make sure there's enough for everybody. Yeah. Don't. Don't be greedy. Don't take it so much that somebody else can't have some. Make sure that you take enough so that everybody can get some. But when it's all said and done, 
everybody's like, all right, does everybody have to play? Yeah, all right, there's leftovers, help yourself. Like, once everybody's got a scoop, it's free reign after that. So do you, have, do, you have to, do you have to cap the audience? So what, what do you say? That, what do you mean? I don't understand your question. Well, I mean, some people may only get like 20 people to a funeral, and you're like, all right, well, that's plenty of ashes for everybody. Other people may get like 250. 250, how are you going to spread out ashes for 250 people? Well, you have to remember, not all 250 people are going to want the ashes. Okay. Well, I mean, do you have a percentage? Well, I mean, what do you think the percentage is going to be? Somebody has to come up with that. I think it depends. I think it depends on your relationship with the deceased. I think there's people that are going to be like that would show up to the funeral, or to not to the funeral, to the celebration of life. That you know, maybe they were an employee of mine when we went and worked at the Influenza ITC Influence PCCW. Mm-hmm. Maybe they were just like I liked Doug. He was a he was my manager for three or four years, and um, I really enjoyed working for him. Mm-hmm. But I don't want his ashes. Don't need any ashes. I don't need ashes. I'm just here to celebrate his life and tell some stories about when he pulled us in the office and yelled at us for no so you're reason. Not, you're not making it mandatory. It's not mandatory ash taking. No, not at all. Yeah, I good. would, though. Um, <laughs> I would have some expectations that my, my close friends, um, a.k.a. you and others, do take some ashes. Well, see, you're, I mean, you're already making it awkward because now I have Erica with me as well. So Erica and I have to have a conversation on the way to the celebration of life. Do we both take ashes? Is only one of us doing ashes? Uh, if we both take ashes, can we get up there for the repeat once all the ashes have been dispersed? I yeah. feel like you're, you're going to have to explain this further in detail for us to understand later on. So That's I need to put way. together some some postpartum. Postpartum? Is that the right... Postpartum is pregnancy. You're not having a baby. You're oh. passing away. Yeah, there's no oh. baby involved in this. Oh. Yeah, no well, baby. The way people react, oh, babies. So, yes, I guess I'll, I'll have to really think about that. These are great questions that you've asked. And quite frankly, I hadn't thought of those. So, okay. well, something those to think questions. about. I just, you know, for couples that both knew you and were both friends with you and both uh, chatter with you on the social media. What's the expectation there with the couple versus the single person? In this scenario, I think it depends on what your goal is, what you were to do with the ashes. Like in a perfect world, I would expect (laughs) it's not an expectation, but I mean, well, I can tell you now what we would do is we would blow the ashes and make it into glass. Perfect. Okay. Then you don't need individual unless you both wanted to have a drink. What kind of glass? Well, that's, I mean, that's, I would, I think it, a, a small a shot glass, perhaps. I think it, it depends on how many ashes it takes to make a shot glass. And I don't know the answer to that currently. I don't think that they need all of it. Like you could just put, as they're making the glass, you add ash to the glass. So the glass, I don't think that the ash is making up the entirety of the glass. I don't know. The ash is just, you're right, the ash is just being added. So I think it'd be fair to say that as a couple, you all could grab one container of ash for the both of you to be used to make two separate shot glasses that you could take shots and have a celebratory shot um, in a Doug shot glass. Yeah. 
but it would Which be is, up I to us to fair. it would be up to us to research exactly how many how how much ash it would take to make some glass. Right, right. right. You're not going to do that for us. I don't think it's it's not up to me to do that because I don't know what your intentions are. I'm just, I just told you my intentions. I well, wanna, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna take your ashes and we're gonna blow it into glass. Well, that's still your responsibility, not mine. I'm providing you with the ash. Can't you figure out how much you need? Well, according to you, yes, that's what that's going to be my role. That's going to be my responsibility. Yeah. Whereas there might be some couples out there that. You know, maybe they want to get a little, they just want their own personal touch of Doug. Maybe they want to wear me around the neck. Maybe they want to put a little vial of Doug ashes and have a little Doug pendant. Maybe, maybe they just want to have a, a, a vial of ash for the two of them that sits on the mantle. Maybe it sits in the corner of the room by a, their favorite plant. So they don't need two separate so there's a lot of possibility. Okay, and you're not down for setting setting the tone. You don't want to set the tone for what people are going to do. I feel like that's wrong of me. I feel like that that puts an expectation on people that's unnecessary. Okay, all right, no problem. Good to know. Good to know for sure. We're at an hour eight. We should probably start wrapping this up. I mean, surely you have a sat gate story. I know you do. Go for it. And that's going to lead. And that's where we insert the sat gate. Yes. Doug, uh, before you go into your sat gate story, oh, man, what segment was it that I thought you needed a theme song to? It wasn't MGK. What was before MGK, Doug? Will Smith? I don't think so. Oh, before MGK. There wasn't anything before MGK. No, nah, there was something. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Your uh, your drink a day thing on Snapchat. Oh, have you well, have you started looking into a theme song for that? Well, the problem is I, I don't have room for it because Snapchat's so quick. I've I've had to end. You know, I'm in well, the, the middle the, of my review, and the Snapchat just ends. If I played a theme song, I wouldn't actually have any time to do the review itself. Man, that's a shame. Now, once I get on TikTok, mm-hmm. on TikTok, I could certainly add a. What's a Doug drinking song to TikTok? Okay. Well, maybe you could have it just for this this podcast right here. We need more theme songs, Doug. You can never have too many. Mm. That's that's how that's how I go by. That's what I go by. Never have um, theme be- songs. Before I go into Sackgate, um, the Josh fights are coming back. Are they really? They're doing that for a second time. The Josh fight. They will be in Lincoln, Nebraska at the same park they were at last year. They will be here sometime in May. I don't have an exact date. I believe if I was to go to Josh Swain's Twitter account, I could find the exact date. Um, we can cover that at another time. But, yes, the Josh fights were coming back are coming back in May to Lincoln, Nebraska, where all of the Joshes will gather to have a battle to be the last Josh standing after that. They will have a battle between non-Joshes and Joshes. Anybody that wants to battle can battle. Um, The difference this year there is there's going to be a fee. I don't know how we're going to do this. I don't quite. It's an outdoor event. So I'm not sure. Is there going to be a a band called the Joshes playing? At this point in time, I don't know of any live music. There will be food trucks. 
There will be a costume contest. Okay. There will well. be a Josh fight and a non-Josh fight. And it costs $11 for fighters oh. and $10 for spectators. And okay. all money goes to the Children's Hospital and Medical Center in Omaha. Mm. And last year, they raised $44,000. That's really good. That's good. With no fee. Uh, quick thought uh, of you telling me this. Uh, big mistake. Big mistake. Some things don't need a sequel. Some things need to be kept to its original premise and the joy and the spirit that it brought to the event. I feel like the Josh fights are one of those things. And now we're just kind of forcing it. I, I don't, I know you're going to be live on the scene. It should be done for the podcast. Absolutely. I'm hundred percent there for that, but I think it's going to be a dwindling, much smaller audience. And I, I don't think it's something that needs to be, needs a sequel to. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just okay. going to throw that out there. I mean, it's possible that he can make a multi-year festival out of this. and It becomes big. There's a lot of musicians out there named Josh. Probably can find some comedians out there named Josh for entertainment. Um, but I mean, I'm, I'm, let me go ahead and cast my doubts to the second annual Josh Fights. Okay. I didn't see that coming. I like and I agree with what you're saying. There's some things that are better said just there's some things that are better said left. There's better things left. <laughs> Just do it once. Mm-hmm. To leave a good thing alone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but that wasn't my reaction. I was thinking it's going to be a big thing. Hey, I can excited. see. Here's my, here's my look at it. There's hey, what has happened? What, what has happened to our recording here? You sound like you're far away right now. I don't know. <laughs> this is still sounding far away. Yeah, but it could just be that I've lost my hearing ability due to this white Russian cut water. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope not. Different to me. Okay. Um, it's probably just your yeah. You're just drunk. Okay. Uh, hey, Doug. By the way, what happened to? I thought we were doing a new platform this week. I was going to, but I never got around to testing it. I need to test it before I use it. Um, but yes, I plan, I, I've got a new platform that I want to try. I've got a this one is uh, you got to pay for this one. We can do video. Um, we can do audio only. We can do audio and video. Um, I can record it on the new platform, and then I can upload it to uh, Anchor so that they distribute it to all of our platforms like they always do. I just have okay. to. I gotta. I gotta test it. So, okay. go ahead. Hopefully, hopefully next week. Let's let's wrap it up with Satgate. I definitely have a Satgate. So last weekend, Hy-Vee was doing a special where for every $50 you spend, you would get 50 cents off a gallon. So they've got something called Fuel Saver. They've got their own gas stations, Hy-Vee gas stations. And so fifty every $50 gets you 50 cents off a gallon. So $100, a dollar off. $150, you understand the premise, correct? Question. 
Are you there? Son of a bitch. William. 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 (laughs) Do I just end it? I think I'll just end it and start it again. We'll just call this one. Shut this one down. What, did he get a phone call? I bet he's got a phone call. What do you guys think? Normally when this happens, it's because he's received a phone call. So hopefully he'll be back in just one moment because he's no longer trying to take a phone call. However, he's not coming back. So I'm starting to think. Oh, is he back? I think Uh he's back. I was right. Oh. He's back. I'm here. What happened? What? Did you get a phone call? Uh, no, I did not get a phone call. I lost you. Because, why did you laugh? Because you're drunk? <laughs> Just go ahead. Go with your story. No. Nope. You were going to say it doesn't matter. And you started chuckling. Tells me you did something on your end that made the alcohol related. I had to use the bathroom. You had to use the bathroom? <laughs> you ghosted me? You couldn't even... Can we hang on a second for the pause to it I go I just, I, I just thought you were going to keep talking. You were so you broiled whole time? No, I couldn't hear you. I can't take my headphones to the bathroom because there's no mute button on Anchor. <laughs> oh, so you just straight up from me. You were like, this long-winded motherfucker is going to start talking about Sackgate. I could probably go take a shit and he won't even know it. Fortunately for you, I asked you a question right away and you Yeah, you asked a question within the first 30 seconds. Who does that? You were going into the, the $100 thing Hugo's or Harps, whatever the hell it's called. The, gr- the grocery store, you can't quit. And I thought I was good. 45 seconds, I'll be back. But I come back and you're talking about that I ghosted you. Completely failed. Jeez Louise. This is unbelievable. This fact that I have to put up with between you and Mike. Just I, thought I, was, I thought I was good. You were going to do the setup. I was going to come back and hear the entire Sackgate story. How are you going to hear the entire thing if you're in another room peeing? Because there's a setup leading to the story. I was going to miss the setup, but I was going to get the crux of the story. That was the thought process. But obviously I was wrong. And Doug, let me go ahead and say this. I apologize. Apology accepted. You're, you, right. you 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 had to pee. I understand. Had to go. Those to cutthroats got into you. Cut waters, Doug. Cut waters. Cut water. Cut water. So I go to High V last week. I have an order. Hundred dollars gets me a dollar off. I had a goal order online. Normally, lately, I've been going into the store, but this time I said, "Fuck it, I'm just going to do it online." So I placed the order online. <laughs> My goal was $100 for $1 off a gallon. I placed an order for $109 and some change. So I knew I would get my dollar off a gallon. 
I get a text message throughout the day as they're picking my groceries to say, this item isn't available. Would you like this instead? Yes. They came back and said my scrub daddy sponge that I ordered, which was five bucks, four ninety nine, was not available. I'm like, okay. And they did not have a replacement for that. So I'm like, that's cool. I still ordered enough that even with my four ninety nine sponge, I'll still be over a hundred dollars. And then they hit me up with some other item wasn't available, but I didn't realize that that would put me under the hundred dollars. I get my email saying We've picked your groceries. They'll be available. Here's your receipt. $95. $5 short of an additional 50 cents off a gallon. I'm upset that now I've got to spend another $50, another 50 cents off. This is bullshit. I bought over $100 worth of groceries, and now these guys are fucking me out of 50 cents a gallon. They know they did it on purpose. I bet my scrub daddy sponge is there right now. But they made it so that I'm going to be under $100, so I don't get my 50 cents off because they know it's me, and they're fucking with me. That's my mindset. So I finally convinced myself that I'm just screwed. There's nothing I can do about it. I vented on Snapchat to about this, and luckily he took it upon himself to contact the store to you know, I don't know if he was speaking for me or for himself, because he did. But nonetheless, he gets back to me and says, the store said if you go back in with your seat, make up the difference, they'll give you the additional 50 cents as long as you go in before the day's over. I'm like, that's fucking awesome. Thanks, Hy-Vee. Thanks, Big Yoko, for making the phone call. I'm going to. I had a first Friday event that day. I went to the first Friday, went to the bar afterward, and then I went over to Super or to Hy-Vee uh, at 10.30, and they closed at 11. Go in, I tell her, she looks at my receipt, she says, no problem, go get your difference and go for it and come back to the front counter with the receipt, we'll give you your Cool, thanks. Um, I got, went and did it. But let's back up, when I got my groceries and I got home, knowing that I got screwed out of the 50 cents, so I'm home my tailgate to my my suburban to get my groceries out. I'm already pissed off because I was $5 short of the extra 50 cents off a gallon. The first thing I notice is my six-pack of Coke sitting there willy-nilly, not sacked per usual. That's to be expected. Uh, it's to the point now where I bring extra sacks with me when I go to the grocery store to pick up groceries from an online order. Um, but this time they didn't even put my eggs in a sack. My Coke was sitting there willy-nilly. Out a carton of eggs just laying. Um, typically, they won't put in a sack with other groceries. They sack the meat by itself so it doesn't cross-contaminate shit. This time, my sack my meat was thrown in a paper sack with, uh, like, dishwashing fluid uh, and some other item that was random uh, that seemed weird to me. So they just sacked everything all willy-nilly and weird and didn't put eggs and coke in a sack. They fucked me out of the fifties. I was just I was just in another level of upset and confusion uh, whenever I got home from my grocery order trip. I left another email. They send you something when you order online that says, How was your, you know, take our survey? So I took the survey. And for the second time, 
I've sent them emails telling them about how they screwed up the sacking of my Coke. And did each time. And said, <laughs> I have the email up and now it's gone for some reason. <laughs> Damn it. No, it's not. It's right there. Uh, First time they responded to me from a March 2nd. Uh, he says, I was let down. Coke has not been arriving in a plastic bag as indicated. Notes of your orders. We had a new update to our shopping which which displays customer notes before the shopper can pick their items. This will help our shoppers finalize their orders properly according to the included notes. I would like to read the majority of your orders have been great experience with us and we're looking forward to shopping with us again. So he makes up some bullshit about their updates but whatever. A month later, they still don't do it. I send another response. I was more worried. Unfortunately, I can't find my response. They don't attach what I wrote to the email. I really wish they did. But on the second one, I mentioned something about having a... I mentioned that it's gotten so out of control with sacking. And I told... And I brought this up a long time, like two years or whenever we started, I brought this up to one of the store employees that we use it on a podcast. But I said it again. It's so ridiculous that you guys won't sack my Cokes that I have a whole separate podcast every week about you people and how, or not you people, about high V and how they refuse to sack my Coke. I don't understand what your beef is with putting sack inside of a Coke. I don't know if it's because there's a handle on the Coke and you don't put things with a handle in a bag, but you put milk in a bag and it's got a handle. And I start bringing up other things that have handles, but you seem to put those in a sack. But for some reason, Coke just will not find its way into a sack, even though I request weekend and week out. In fact, you refuse to do it. It's baffling to me and I don't understand why. Sorry to hear that some of your requests are being missed when we're shipping your orders. Due to the size of the six packs of Coke, we do not bag them in general and sometimes get caught up in the routine of shopping those items. The eggs, I'm not sure why they were not bagged. I retain, retrain those who are shopping those items that we are paying attention to all comments from the customers. Thank you for shopping with us, Caitlin. So they claim on two stations that they're going to fix the issue. Um, they clearly last complaint, and they won't do anything about it after this complaint. And to add insult to injury as to how I know Hy-Vee's out to get me, the uh, three days ago, I went in, picked up a items, I grabbed the made in-store tortilla. They have five cents off a gallon if you buy the made in Hy-Vee gift chips. I bought a bag of those chips. They didn't give me my five cents off a gallon. And I noticed it when I received to see if they gave me all of my fuel saver points, and there was no points on the, the, the customer service section. I'm like, hey, I didn't get my five cents off a gallon for these chips. And she's like, what? <laughs> I'm like the maiden Hy-Vee chips that are right over there. I pointed to the produce section. I'm like, they're at an end cap right at the end of the produce. There's nothing else on the end cap other than those chips. And on every single row, there is a sign 
says three ninety nine and five cents off a gallon. I don't know about that, and I'm like, okay, well it's there. I'm gonna check it out, hang out here. She goes over there, three minutes, which is an eternity when you're waiting for something like that. She, I can't find it. And I see it from where I'm standing. I'm like, shelf right there to those whatevers. Yes. It's like, that's where it's at. She goes, mm, I guess I'll just give it to you. And I was like, well, you're not just giving it to me. It's the adv- the advertisement. It's what you're offering. That's what I- she goes. Yeah. Okay. And then I said, but probably more importantly, look at it and see that it's there. Because if it's not supposed, you should probably take the signs down. And if it's to be there, you should probably make sure that other people aren't getting screwed like I did. She would have said, yeah, you could be right. And the store. That's it for Sat Game. Oh man, it cracks me up that you continue to <laughs> baffle. It baffles the mind. It baffles the mind. Every story you tell us about your experience from High V lets us know that High V has some serious challenges when it comes to customer service and what they're telling their customers. And yet you continue to go back. It infuriates me. I'll never go anywhere else. Expectations that something different is going to occur. That sounds like a horrible customer service experience. I'm I'm shocked that they do not have what Walmart has, which is their own customer service number to speak to a call center about issues at the high V. You know, if you go to any Walmart in Nebraska and it's a poor experience like what you just showed us, you can call 1-800-WALMART and you will speak to somebody here at the home offices. And we send notes uh, to the sales manager of the Walmart, sometimes to the regional manager of Walmart. And if it's bad enough, we will also send it to the district manager of that particular Walmart in Lincoln, Nebraska. And it has to be responded to within like 48 hours. Well, don't it on my own. Don't think I will reach out to be, which clearly does need be. Um, but I think the more important thing is that I'm out there policing. I'm I'm going through the hardships of high V so that so yeah, that the thing others- is, the thing is with this story that you told us today, you did not convince the worker that that's the deal. So people are. You, it didn't sound like she was convinced by what you told her. So nothing's going to change. <laughs> no. Oh, no, no. She she clearly was not going to take my advice to right. go clarify the situation so that other people weren't getting screwed. Although that's she made that crystal clear in her haphazard uh, to me about that, which just laughing as I walked out the door like these fucking, it's kids though it's also the fact that you're dealing with in all these situations you're dealing with with young people that I just don't give a shit like yeah. they there's just it's just different mentality of a teenager compared to an adult 
And I think that's the problem with a lot of these, with the, with issues, with the way that the shit's done with fast food restaurants and the, and people getting their orders correct because they're just kids. One time I was at a DoorDash inside of a McDonald's, fucking whack Donald's, and there was a kid just walking around shooting the shit with his fellow teenagers to the point where the one adult, there was one adult lady that was working her ass off because they swamped and she had 10 lazy kids in the store, 16 or less, and she was working super hard and she snapped on this kid. She called him out by his name, yelled at him, told him to get his ass to where she told him to. She's kid back there, grab the mop like I told you three times. Do this, do that. She started barking orders at him. Was like, I will send you home if you don't do what I tell you. And he walked away huffing and puffing like she was being a bitch. Like he shouldn't have to do the things she's telling him to do. Like it's absolute bullshit. There was another kid inside the same store who, every time I go there, a nice enough kid seems to do his job. He had an earbud. He had one of your little iPod earpad bud here and he was on the phone speaking in his native tongue uh, which is not english entire time i was in the store just walking around putting him in a bag uh grabbing a coke and he's nonchalant he's just taking his sweet time and he's having a full conversation the entire time he's not talking to his co-workers he wasn't talking to me he was speaking a native a foreign language at a at a calm key tone, just a normal volume, having a straight up conversation on his phone while he was working with McDonald's at the front counter. It's crazy. Yeah. You know what? I, I, a similar, kind of a similar story. I, I, today at Walmart, I was buying some groceries for my dad. And I use Walmart Pay, so all you got to do is scan the QR code. Uh, but this time, when I was scanning the QR code, he was trying to take me to a website instead of me paying it. And so I told the clerk, who was a teenager, I was like, hey, this is trying to take me to a, a website instead of just scanning it for the price. And she told me to point my iPhone farther away. And so I tried to tell her that, no, it's reading the QR code, but the QR code is telling my phone to go to a website. And she did nothing. She did nothing to assist or help the situation. I ended up having to take my wallet out and take a card out and pay that way because she offered no assistance to resolve that situation, it's kind of, it's kind of the same thing. Like yeah. uh, it, it's it's not an error on my end because the QR code is being scanned. It's an error on your end, and you need to fix something. She she did nothing. She made no steps, no effort to fix. Yeah, and doesn't care. And if you were to say some comment like "I'm never coming," cool. <laughs> yeah, no, like no what issue. does that matter? You're yeah. billion. Who gives you Walmart's not going to fucking miss her fucking numbers because you stopped coming here? Yeah, it's young people that don't have the ethic work out. It's and it, unfortunately, a lot of these fast food places it's just kids running kids. There's not anybody over 24 working, it's just teenager management running teenage kids, and they're all there being social and having a good time. Not focused on the job, and it's it's too bad. But I will never stop going to Hy-Vee. <laughs> I'm dedicated. I'm loyal to Hy-Vee. Oh, for to no a reason. Fault. I like. Here's my reason. <coughs> their website, their online ordering platform I've ever seen. I tried to go 
on Walmart and use that. I've gone to Target. Your wife highly recommends I shop at Target. Sure. I've tried the Target online. I've tried the Walmart online. I don't I don't think it's user friendly. And maybe it's just because I use so much, I know it like the back of my hand. But compared to the other venues, the other platforms, I find Hive to be very convenient, very straightforward, very easy to use. I know the lay of the land. If I go inside the store, I know where shit's at. I don't have to go hunting for it and spend all day looking for stuff because I know where things are at. I will admit that the kids inside the store, when you do ask for them to help you, are extremely helpful as far as finding something. Like there's been a couple of times where I didn't know where something was and I just pull up my phone on their website and say, where is this? And they take me right to it, or they happily point it out. So I'm happy with that. And I, the fuel saver. I love the fuel saver points. Um, and if they don't sack my book, and that's the only thing I got to deal with, it's not that big of a deal in the long run. It's just it's a fun, annoying for me to ridiculousness others that I will continue to put myself through the frustration that I have to go through for the entertainment of others. Um, The last thing I want to say, I did see, what do you think about Crocs? Oh, I don't know if I have an opinion on Crocs. I don't think I've ever had any myself. Um, I don't know if I, I don't think I have an opinion on Crocs. So when you see people with Crocs, Look at those and, and think one way or the other. You're just like, oh, you don't even see it. It just goes, it's in one eye out the other? I think so. I don't think I make much, much like I don't think much about cars when I see, like, I'm not a person who's like, let's let's hear more about your car. Why do you have this car or your truck? I don't think I look at people's footwear very much and have a response to, I don't think I have like a, uh, my brain doesn't care about the footwear of people either. Sure. I, I can't stand Crocs. Do you know that Crocs are the absolute most popular shoe on the market right now? No, no clue. No clue about that. Crocs are the today's, the kids, the youth of today, the young population of today is, are, are buying Crocs like we did Nike Air Jordans back when we were, well, maybe not you because it doesn't sound like you ever cared, but Whatever your favorite shoe was, there's always a, a fad for Yeezys, right? So the the Yeezys were a popular thing and still are. Uh, obviously, Jordan. Crocs are so fucking popular. There's Croc golf shoes. Croc everything. Everybody has Crocs. There's designer Crocs. Um, you look Is at there, every uh... kid right now that's going when they're not running, they're walking around in the croc. Um, you know, just just they're mad, stupid, fucking popular Crocs are, and I think they're disgusting. I can't stand them. I hate Crocs. I saw a kid yesterday, Ivy, um, as I was walking, a boy and a girl, both dressed in their prom attire. He was wearing her gown. He was wearing his tuxedo. He didn't have a jacket on. Um, he had super bright white shoes on when I saw them walking in. 
in the store. He walked past me. He was coming towards me. I glanced down at his footwear because I see everybody's footwear. I do pay attention to that for some reason. And I looked down, and he had on the crispiest, whitest socks I've ever seen in my life with his tuxedo. And I up in my mouth. I wanted to grab him and ask him if he was entire day and i did want to ask him if i could take a picture but i didn't i just yeah. made a quick note in my cell phone and carried on with the day interesting crocs the kids are wearing crocs with their tuxedos for the prom that's interesting what about uh, kanye west being uh taken away from coachella i well not he left he he made the choice not to perform but why uh, would he make that choice? Well, he he made it very clear that he was talking about it, like you mentioned in No Judgments here, um, because of Travis Scott. I don't know that that was his wholehearted reason, but he did make something apparent right after the, the Travis Scott shit that he was like, you know, if you guys don't put him back on the bill, I, I may cancel. Um, and then that kind of went silent. And then two weeks before the, the, the thing, he says, I'm not going to perform. Uh, what do I think about it? I think it's fucked up. I don't. I don't really give a shit that he did it. Um, I think there's plenty of people out there that can replace him. Um, the fact that he was making eight point five million dollars blows my fucking mind. He was getting paid to perform, and he was getting p- paid for the production. He was getting paid two ways, um, whereas other people aren't. Um, point five. That. J- blew my mind that he was making that much to Coachella. Yeah, that's insane. But I think that it's, I think, you know, you set the, you set the number, somebody sets the number, and if you're going to pay, once it gets public that one artist is making X amount of dollars to headline the show, you make it very difficult to not pay the next person that same amount. So, yeah, when curious, if, if Billie Eilish and, uh, who's the third headliner? Uh, Harry Styles. I'm curious if once they saw those numbers published, if they didn't go back to Coachella and been like, wait a minute. Because <laughs> there's no way that Billy Eilish is getting paid $8 million to play Coachella. No no way. No chance. I wouldn't think so, but I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know how much they got to, to headline. I've always wondered how much the guy, the band that's at the bottom of the bill and, and print that, re, that involves a magnifying glass uh, all the way up to the headliners – I've always wondered how much they were compensated from the bottom to the top. Um, and I wonder how much Coachella in that two weekends. Uh, obviously, it's a it's an absorbent. Oh, they're bringing number. in, yeah, an amazing amount. So, I mean, 100,000 times, like, 325, basically. Not to mention all the camping and all the other costs that go into concessions and everything else. They're, they're making fucking bundles of money. Ridiculous yes. amounts of money. But just off of ticket sales, well, let's let's we should probably count that real quick. Let me do let me let me do my trusty calculator. I don't think I have a calculator. I don't know how to spell calculator. So oh I my god, I'm going I to do that. <laughs> well, it's not happening. I don't have a calculator on my iPad. So whatever a hundred thousand is, we're going to go with three twenty five. It's upwards. It's disgusting money. Disgusting money. I got it. I got it. I got it. How many people? 100,000. That's it. At least 100,000. 100,000. One, two, three, one, two, three times 
three. Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, Coachella in 2019 grossed a record-breaking $78.332 million. Yeah, so... A hundred thousand, one, two, three, one, two, three, thirty-two point five million in ticket sales for for. Yeah, and you you do it for two weekends, so you times it, multiply it by two, so they're they're making a shit ton of money. All right, well, I think it's okay for the weekend to say I want eight point five since you're giving you were going to give, especially with only two weeks to go. Like it's yeah. crunch time. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of bands that say that would say no to that. Um, because, you know, two weeks isn't together a quality. Yeah, they're, they're making they're making the weekend perform with Swedish House Mafia, so that's on top of the difficulties. He's performing with an artist that I don't know that he has ever performed with before. Isn't that just a? Isn't that just a EDM? EDM, uh, Swedish House Mafia is a trio, a trio EDM band. That is correct, but they're mm-hmm. they're they're still an entity on their own. Swedish House Mafia is an artist, just like The Weeknd is an artist. They don't perform together, so I don't know how they're going to combine forces within two weeks and say, "Hey, let's put together an hour and a half show sure. um, to present to the fans." I- I'll be interested to see how they do that. Yeah, yeah. Should be noted that both the Swedish House Mafia and The Weeknd performed. The year Adam Saylor's and I went in 2012. There we go. Swedish House Mafia performed after Radiohead on night one. It was too cold for Adam and I to stick around and watch it. Sissy. I know. It, I couldn't. I couldn't handle the desert weather. It was too much for me. But Palm Springs. Yep. Yep. It's <laughs> embarrassing. L- lived in Nebraska. Went through uh, Nebraska. Couldn't I handle a desert cold night. I went expecting a desert type of weather, and so I was not ready for 40 degree weather or whatever it was. Interesting. I know. It is what it is. Hour four. This, this bad boy up. William, thanks for hanging out for so long. I got shit to right. do. I'm sure you got shit to do. Um, I think it was a good time. Uh, long live GK. Fuck Ivy. Don't wear Crocs. Uh, if you're going to die, and plan your funeral about what you can do with the ashes. Uh-huh. Um, today was a very educational podcast, I think. I think so. I think so. It's, it's a long listen, uh, but uh, No Judgments here was also a long listen this week. So glad we got some time in for both shows. Absolutely. I appreciate it. Thanks for making it happen. Um, hope- I mean, <laughs> from listening to No Judgments, Easter was next weekend. Um, no, I did not. We've only on Sundays as of late. I'm hopefully you don't get overwhelmed with activities, mm. and we can still squeeze a pod in next week. We'll see what happens. Open, as we don't celebrate holidays in this house, yeah. So we'll see what happens. Hopefully so. All right. Anything you'd like to add before we wrap? Nope. Thank you very much. Have a good week. Likewise. Thanks, Will. Still there. Uh, uh, have a good weekend for a happy goodbye. And yes, we're Doug and Will, and we are off the rail, off the rail.